on a Wednesday night, I mean, it's a Bible study night, and we come in ready to keep worshiping him. I feel it. Do you feel that? Man, this is a unique church, unique body here. So easy to teach y'all because you come in hungry. I don't even have to ask you. I can see it in your face. You're hungry. You know, Let's get ready to eat. I started a series uh, last week, Manifesting in Abundance the Kingdom Way. But even those words, that some people don't understand what I, what I mean by manifesting abundance. A lot of people immediately think of money. But, you know, money's nothing, you know. I mean, that's just one simple thing. Abundance means an abundance of everything, spiritually, physically, everything. An abundance, because we serve a God of abundance. We don't, you know, so everything that you're going to hear from the Word is in abundance. Whatever it is, it's not going to be, it's going to be abundant. Now, I was studying this, uh, I started last week, and then I said it's going to be part two. But now, as I've been studying all week, it's going to be by like three or four, you know. There's so much here that can go from one thing into the next. I'm just going to run right through it, and, and uh, I hope that you get it as we go along. And if you don't, this is my advice to you. Put it on the shelf. Whatever you don't understand, put it on the shelf. Don't reject it. Just say, I'll put it on the shelf and I'll come back to it. Then all of a sudden, the next time you hear either Sunday morning, Sunday night, or the next Wednesday, it opens up and says, oh, now I, now I know what, what that meant. And then you bring it back down. You know? But never reject the word of God. Because just because you don't understand it don't mean that it's not real. Who was here last Wednesday and, and heard part one? Who, who can give me a report and catch everybody up that wasn't here as to what part one was all about and we can start part two? Who can do that? I, see, I know Perlita, is a show, her, her arm never goes down. Well, well come on, you know. Like, I mean, I want to, you know, uh, catch us up. Catch us up because I want to need, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I want to know what my students are learning, you know. And, <laughs> And, and I'm excited when I, when, I, when, I, uh, when, I, when I see people that have been around for 12, 13 years with us and where they started and where they are today. Like Ram, I see, I see him preaching up here. Man, I'm, it amazes me, you know, because I saw when he didn't understand, you know. And now, he, now, now the revelation that I teach is all, it's, it's, it's all coming into him and he they don't need me anymore. He's a great teacher, you know. So. Thank you, Lord. Now, catch us up. What, what do we do? Part one. Yes, really fast. It's about finances, the kingdom finances, the way you're manifesting in an abundance, the kingdom way, because that's the only way that you can actually um, um, get abundance in, in every area of your life, and it will um, have lasting fruit. Amen? And it's plentiful. And it's um, you have to be a good steward of God's finances. That means 10% is always holy. So no matter what, it's always 10%. You give it to the Lord. Um, always, oh, ask for forgiveness before you give it. So that way you're not defiled before you give it. That way you're holy. So that way you can go to the holies of holies knowing that it will be accepted. Amen. And then um, you can just start thanking the Lord for that because then you'll grow an increase. And sometimes it's 30, 60 to 100 fold. Amen. And that's how Jesus does it. And whatever Jesus spoke, what he says to do in his word, um, um, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Amen. Um, and you just have to leave that door open to the Lord and understand God's language. Um, God, um, and we will eat the good of the land whenever you follow his laws. Amen. Um, and God's will is always to prosper us. And so you must obey and there will be no lack. No lack in no areas. Some people forget that... Um, that these things are, are important to the Lord to obey. And then when he obeys, the, the obedience is what brings the blessing. Amen. Um, and I must live Christ mine. Uh, <laughs> it's the teaching of Jesus. Oh, and the teaching of Jesus and his doctrine is the part of the law. And because we're kingdom citizens, we have to follow the law just like we would in the world. We follow the stop signs and the green light and stuff. We have to follow the kingdom, the kingdom laws. And that is... The tithes, the offerings, the um, obedience, and be careful and watch and obey. So never, um, you can sow into different situations. You can sow, but the whole kingdom about it is sowing and reaping. So you have to be sowing in order to be reaping. So make sure that you're sowing good things and not bad things. Even, even with your words, you got to be careful because you will reap what you sow. 
but um, God is not a liar. Hallelujah. He, he's, he's not a liar. And um, the word, um, I will continue to grow. God used the word understand a lot, but that it received the seed in the ground. That's good. Because <laughs> the understanding is key. Oh, and then understanding is key. So ask the Holy Spirit for understanding. So that way you'll be able to um, understand what the Lord is trying to tell you. And like he said, just put it on the shelf. It'll work. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. So this is going to be part two. Now, she mixed my Sunday offering with, uh, with my last week's teaching and, uh, and the, the two weeks ago teaching. And then finally got to understanding. Uh, but that's okay, you know, because that's, that's what I want to see, because I want to know where I'm at so I can see where. So it doesn't, so that means that I can go back and re, recap stuff, because sometimes I feel like, oh, they're going to be bored with me, because here I am again saying the same thing. But I see that y'all need to hear over and over, right? So part two, you know, because uh, is, is, one thing that I wanted to hit on, was, and she finally said it, is, is, is Jesus' doctrine. You know, I said last week that there's a doctrine of Jesus Christ, just like when we become Catholic or Baptist or Protestant or whatever, so, they always indoctrinate you to what, they, what their rules are, what they, what they believe and how you do all this. And, and, and but us as born-again believers have to follow the doctrine of Jesus Christ. He has his own doctrine, and this is what it is, you know, and, that, and, and his doctrine always manifests abundance, you know, once you learn. And and you're gonna you're gonna understand tonight, I think, more because I'm gonna cover it a little deeper. But it's not that easy to understand. So 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 take notes, and like I said, take notes and and keep going over this. And if you don't, uh, I think we're on uh, uh, on live. And sometimes if we're not on live, they they tell me they replay it after the service. So so see the program again, you know, see it again and again, and then. And because and then the people that are not here tonight, they were here last week. Watch tonight because if you don't, you then you lose because this is going in part one, part two, part three, and we're moving on to deeper waters. Okay, so are you ready to study His Word tonight? All right. So let's start in Mark four, uh, verse two to ten in the King James. Mark four, verse two to ten in the King James. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine. Everybody underline that. In his doctrine. So that's Jesus has a doctrine, okay? Now, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Now, here's Jesus talking to uh, the crowd. And can you imagine, put yourself in that place. Somebody comes up here and you, know, you don't know anything about, you know, he's just a teacher and he says, I'm going to start teaching you, and 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 he didn't say in his doctrine that uh, what the word says, but is but then he starts like, listen, there went a sower to sow, and you're going to say like, well, what does that have to do with anything, you know? But and you got to remember now underline it because this is going to be so important once you get it that a a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And and the fowls, and the fowls of the air came, and and uh, devoured it, and some fell in stony ground, where it had not uh, much earth, and immediately it it sprung up because it had no depth or on of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and, ch and, and, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. The other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And verse 10, and when he, and when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve or his disciples ask him the parable. So just imagine someone just teaches you that and leaves you there. First of all, what's a parable, you know? And why is he talking about sowing? We're not farmers, we're fishermen. 
You know, we're, we're just, we're listening to him, and he's talking about the, the sower went out to sow the seed, it fell by good ground. I mean, imagine you sitting under that teaching and, and trying to understand what he's talking about. Now, some of you, because you've been in the church for a while, so think it's money, thinks you're sowing money. Some of you think it's sowing uh, on good hearts or good soil, you know, and, and so you're making your own mind right away. But some don't understand a thing. And the ones that don't understand a thing are the ones that I'm going to talk to tonight, especially sometimes the wife comes in and the husband doesn't. The, the wife is here for a year or two and the husband's here, but not, doesn't really understand nothing that he's hearing. And then all of a sudden he becomes like Ram and, 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 uh, and my man over here. Uh, <laughs> don't forget names when I'm up here. I'm the Holy Ghost. Uh, then, then uh, they start, you know, you say, man, how did they get all this information? Well, there was a time when they heard all these parables, and they said, I'm not a farmer. What is he talking about, you know? Because a parable is a story, you know? And it says, you know, that, that he tells stories, you know? All right. So then the next two verses will, not let, will, will, not, will let, let you know why, why not all that came and hear the word understood it, Okay. The next two verses. And take note because you're going to be the teacher. You're going to be teaching your relatives, your friends. And one day you're going to be teaching a church because God's going to use you. And, and, and also uh, you will understand why your friends and some of your relatives think that you're nuts. You know? You have to understand it so you won't get your feelings hurt. Once you understand it and you said, man, you know, that's fine. You know, I know why. I know why they, God, Jesus told us why they, why they don't understand, okay? Not everybody. You can come up here, and Jessica and I and all that can tell you about, about the offering, and we can tell you, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And half the, you know, some will understand, and some won't. Some will say, why should I do that, you know? Because that's not going to convince you. It's going to be the revelation that God's going to give you in due season. And he will give it to you if you keep coming, okay? So... Hallelujah. So listen to four, Mark chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 in the King James. And take note because this is very important. Mark 4, 11 and 12. And he said unto them. So he's saying unto you. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. He's talking to the inner circle. He's talking to his disciples now. All right. That's you, the, the ones that have already understood and you became a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're no longer just coming with your wife or, you know, coming because you got invited or, you know, they were told you to come. No, but this is the one that came excited and couldn't wait to get here. The mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, that's those, the one I'm talking about. All those things are done in parables. So he's talking in parables in purpose because... Those that haven't come in don't want to understand, see? So he's dividing the inner circle from the outer circle. All right? Now, verse chapter 12, that, that seeing, this is why he's doing it, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Let's see any of, okay, so let's stop right there. Okay, so, so he knows that you're here, and he knows that you're at home, and your wife's and whoever's wife or husband is already in is trying to convince you, you know, about about serving God and about all the stuff that they heard. They go home excited, so so you're hearing it, you know, and he's allowing you to hear it, and 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 you hear it, but you don't understand. And some of you were in that shape for like a year or two, and then watch the next word, lest. What does lest mean? Lest at any time. Less means what? Unless, unless, in any time, they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Well, the reason they don't understand because they have not been converted yet and their sins haven't been forgiven yet. See? They're still out in the world, but they come to church. And they, but they don't understand unless they, all of a sudden they get converted and the sins are forgiven them. In another version, it says, those on the outside of the circle, that's the one that have not uh, uh, been convinced yet and not, not been converted. They, uh, and this should excite you all. The guys, y'all, y'all, probably all of us are in a circle. There might be one or two that are still hanging in there trying to figure this out, you know. And maybe tonight is your night. Okay. It says, 
the rest of you should be excited because uh, he says, remember, uh, you are in an inner circle. So he's talking to the inner circle when he's tell, explaining this. So now he's explaining it to us, the inner circle. Now you're saying, okay, and now let me tell you why, you know. And, and, and when he says, understand less in time, they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. This should give hope to everyone. Because that means that he, they're going to be hearing but not understanding. But sooner or later, they're going to become, they're going to turn around and they're going to get converted and get their sins were forgiven. And then they become the inner circle, see. So he didn't give up. He says, he says he, they, he's going to continue, okay. Because why? Because they were picked by our father way before they were even born. Then they, then they are converted and their sins are forgiven. John 15, 16 in the King James says, once you were chosen, you know. So you didn't chose me, he says. I chose you. See, that, that, when, when Ram was up here teaching Sunday night, I was going over this in my office uh, this um, Monday and Tuesday studying, and I said, wow, you know, because he got chosen by God. He didn't choose God. God chose him. And so keep, keep learning this because this, it was powerful because sooner or later he's going to come in. He didn't know that. But, you know, you think that God was going to waste that man of God that's going to preach like that? No. It's just a matter. I mean, a wife gets frustrated. Family gets frustrated. We get, because we want him to, like, hurry up and get saved tomorrow. But, but hey, let God handle this. He's got control. You just keep coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Don't, don't, get in, don't get all excited. Just come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Invite, invite, invite. Teach when you get home. If all of a sudden they start coming, I see the husbands that join their wives. And, and I've heard testimonies at discipleship class. They were exactly like that, you know. But they were still here. So they're hearing. All right. Now, watch in the, in the message. Mark 4, 11 and 12 in the message. When they were off by themselves... Those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories that he told them. So the parables were stories. All right? You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet, everything comes in stories. See? So people like Ram and, you know, others that are here. I'm using him because he, he impressed me, you know, and then, and, and uh, they knew the story of, of Jesus. They heard the story of the cross. They heard all the stories. So they, used to, they knew the stories of Christians that they, because Jesus allowed them to hear stories for a reason. They were parables. Listen up. Creating readiness. So he was creating readiness. Jesus is a creator. God is a creator. He's not a failure. Man, it's like we're not talking about building a house. The house is not built overnight. One brick at a time. So he's actually, when he was, they were listening to the stories, you know, creating readiness, nudging them towards a welcome awakening. These are the people whose eyes are open but don't see a thing. Their ears are open, but they don't understand a word. Who avoid making an about face and getting forgiven. Those are the ones that are. He's nudging them. <laughs> He's nudging them towards an about face. And, and all of a sudden, one day, they, be, they do an about face, and then they, their sins get forgiven. Because without their sins being forgiven, he's not, they're not going to get any revelation from God. He's not going to allow you to see what he's talking about if you had not even got saved yet. That's why it's important that we make an altar call every service and give you a chance to get saved. Because without saved, you're going to sit there and you're going to hear and hear and hear and never understand. See? He just said that right there. But he, not us, not the pastors, not the preachers, we just keep sowing. He uh, nudges you by the stories, little by little. Nudges you until you find you just nudge into the 
position that, okay, I'm going to just turn around. You got to make an about face. You ever been in the army or an ROTC or something? You're marching? And then they say, about face. I heard that many times in the army. About face. That means you turn around and go the other way. So he nudges you to you make an about face. And, and the people that you see preaching up here and testifying, and, and they already made an about face. But they have relatives that have, and they, some of them are married to them. But don't worry, because God is not going to let them go. He's going to keep nudging them with the stories until they do make an about face and, and their sins are forgiven. Once their sins are forgiven, their eyes pop open. Wow. They can't see it yet. Say yet. Everything comes in stories. God always creates, creating readiness, nudging them towards that place where they'll be wide awakening. Nudging them. And that probably, if they tell you the truth, they probably felt nudging all the time. Like, I'm being, man, stop nudging me. You know? Because, but it was the Holy Ghost nudging him with those stories. Because in, in, in case of Ram, I would come and tell him about what she heard and what she saw. And blah, 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 you know, come on, stop nudging me, you know. And, and, and pretty soon I said, okay, you know. And, man. Those on the outside of the circle were spiritually blind. But when they make an about face and their sins are forgiven, then the eyes of their understanding become open. Now they want to go hear the next message books. Man, I understood this. Now I want to understand more. The good news is that he will nudge you until you make an about face because he knows what your calling is. He's not going to give up on you. He already knows. He already saw you preaching a year down the road because he sees things way ahead. And, and he's trying to teach us to see things way ahead. We see things in the present state. It doesn't look very good. But once we understand, we see it next year or six months from now. And when we see six months from now, we get excited because it's not what we see now. It's what we're going to see then. It's already, God already saw it, see. And he already heard the preacher. He already knows what's in his heart. The good news said, you know, he will nudge you until you make an about face. Because he knows what your calling is. I love Mark 4, 11, 12. Let me read it to you in the Moffat's translation. Okay, that's a different translation. Moffat's translation. I have all kind of different Bibles in my office. The, the open secret of the realm of God or the kingdom of God is granted to you. But, those, but these outsiders get everything by the way of parables or stories. Verse 12 says, so that for all their seeing, they may not perceive or understand or, or be aware. And for all their hearing, they may not understand less or unless they turn and be forgiven. Wow. Do you understand that? Hmm. What an awesome, you know, thing that God gives us a gift, you know. God had a plan. You can run, but you can't hide. God already knows what's in you. Man. As I was reading, that's why I remembered Brother Ram from Sunday because I said, man, this is, this is a perfect example of what happened to him and Gabe. And Carlos. I wrote his name down. <laughs> Man, look at look at uh, Carlos and, and the, the gift that God put in him as a helper and as an usher. Well, he had it all the time when he was out in the world. And 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 when Beatrice started telling all the stories and he came out, they were nudging him. But he he might have said, Man, you know, he uh, more nudging, nudging, nudging till till he made an about face. Once he made an about face, now now you can't get him out of the church. You know? He, he used to tell uh, uh, Beatrice, because Beatrice wrote on her Bibles. Most of us write on our Bibles. You know, I do. I underline and I write notes. And she would say, why are you writing in the Bible? You know, the, it's a holy book. You know, you can't write on it. See, that's how they, they perceive. They don't understand. That's, that's that God's word. That's not the book's not holy. It's the word that's in the book's holy. You know? Open secret of the realm of God. Wow. It's granted to you. 
or to the kingdom of God is granted to you. But to those outsiders, they get everything in stories so that they, for all they're seeing, may not see or perceive or understand or be aware. And for all they're hearing, they may not understand less. See, so he didn't leave it there. He said, unless or less they turn and be forgiven. See, that means all of us have a chance to turn and be forgiven. He didn't give up on anybody. It's, it's God's will for all to be saved. So just because you don't understand, but, oh, but you're one of the black sheep. You're the one, and he, he's not going to never give you understanding because you're supposed to go to hell. No. It's, it's God's will for all to be saved. So just hang in there and keep getting nudged. Wow. I had to study this, this statement here, you know, in different Bibles because it was, I was having, you know, I was trying to eat it, understand all this. And because another version, it says, whose eyes are open but don't see a thing, whose ears are open but don't understand a word, who avoids making an about face. They avoid making a about face. They get a chance all the time, but they avoid it. They almost get crazy, and then they go, you know. They get close, and maybe next week. <laughs> I mean, let me call Gabriel up, because Gabriel told me he got revelation on, on the first one. Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel came to me and said, Pastor Jesse, I, I got revelation on Mark chapter 4 for the first time uh, on part 1. You know, and, and that he took it to prison with him. Tell him, the story, how did, you, you never used to understand, right? <laughs> Jessica kept nudging you, kept telling you stories. You knew the story of Jesus, right? You know he was born in Bethlehem. You know Christmas. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, when I first started coming here, I didn't understand nothing. And uh, I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna be real. It took me uh, four years. That was a long time. But uh, I was saying, my wife, she got everything, man. She had got the Holy Spirit before me, she got hyped up, she got radical and all this. And then uh, when, she, when she used to read the word, she, she would get uh, excited, you know what I mean? And my mom was like, man, you need to calm down, man. It's just, you know what I mean? the word, you know what I mean? But check it out. And then, uh, and, and, uh, this, and then, um, and then uh, God switched it up, you know what I mean? Now I'm, I'm over here excited when I read the word, you know what I mean? And, uh, man, God's good. And, and I got uh, Mark 4, 24, and it says, then he added, come on, then he added, pay close attention. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. Okay? And then, and, okay, hold on. Okay, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are listening and even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. See, that was me. See, I, I, I was sitting here for four years and, and uh, listened, but didn't, didn't receive nothing. I would hear it and didn't receive nothing, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I felt the whole, I'm, I'm trying to explain this. I felt the Holy Spirit, right? But I never tapped into it, you know what I mean? Never tapped into it, but I always felt it. And, and then, uh, check it out, I'm going to go to TPT. It says, then he said to them, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do more, understanding will be given to you. And according to your long to understand, much more will be added to you. From those who listen with, with the open heart, will receive more revelation. But those who don't listen with open heart will lose what little they, will, will lose little they think they have. And that was me too, you know what I mean? I thought I, I got something, but I really did it, you know what I mean? And then, uh, that's I was telling Pastor Jesse, man, when COVID hit 2019, well, middle of 2019, like, the end of 2019? No? 2020? Okay. Well, okay. Well, when I, when, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, uh, hey, uh, I got this on, on, on 2019, on New Year's Eve, it would be 2020, Okay. And I remember sharing this with Brother Ram and uh, Bethel. I, I shared that, like, man, look, look, this is what I got, man. I'm going to share it with them. Because, you know, you know, when you, you know how when you receive something, you, you get excited. You want to share it to everybody. Look, man, look, I got this scripture right here. I want to share. I always go to Brother Ram, you know what I mean? 
and, and share one. Look, man, this is what I got. And it's crazy because every time we, we share something with Brother Ram, and then uh, like Sunday morning, uh, it would be that Sunday morning, and then, then Pastor Sandy would, would teach the same thing that we were talking about. I'm like, man, that got good, ain't it, huh? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man. But the, the, when I started receiving understanding, that's when I tapped into the Holy Ghost. And because I was, it's like, uh, I, was, I wasn't near the fire, right? I was, I was not near the fire. You know what I mean? And then when COVID hit, that's when the Lord gave me that, 20, when, when, I, when I think about 2020, that's when the Lord gave me a 2020 vision. And that's when I started understanding the word. And then when, when, when I started understanding the word, that's when I tapped into the Holy Ghost. And that's when I got the fire. You know what I mean? And now I stay on fire. You know what I mean? Stay on fire. And uh, I give God all the glory for that. That's what I'm talking about. See, and as a teacher, when I hear them, man, I'm excited. Man, I go, I go, I go study more and tell God, give me some more food for them, you know. They're, they're getting it, you know. And I see, like, when I heard Brother Ram Sunday night, man, it was like, I'm in, a, I'm in another world, man. I'm like, wow, you know. Can you imagine the waste that would have been if, 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 the, if the word wasn't true and, and it was just some get it, some don't, sorry, you know. But it's not like that. Jesus said, some get it. And some are going to get it. And he didn't say that they're not going to get it. Some are going to get it. And if he has a calling in your life, which is where you get excited, you know, you're going to get it because he's not going to waste that calling. He put that calling in you while you were still dead. <laughs> he knew. You know? Every great preacher was dead at one time or another. And every great preacher made a U-turn and, and, and made an about face. Nobody was born a great preacher, you know. They, they were in there. It was in them, but they, they didn't just wake up one day and says, give me the Bible, I've got to go preach, you know. No, they, somebody invited him. John Austin was invited by his by high school friend, you know. His high school friend invited him to church, and he got saved because of his friend. And, and they, they were friends for life. Even when he was already in his 70s, his friend was still coming to Lakewood. That, that called him into, into getting saved and, and as a Baptist, you know. And he even left the Baptist church when he got the Holy Ghost because God had a calling for him to get the Holy Ghost. So he had to leave the church to go to a spirit place where he got the Holy Ghost. And then he became one of our generals, you know. I mean, and that's, you know, he became a, a pastor and a teacher. And, and, uh, and that's what will happen to a lot of you, maybe all of you, you know. I mean, don't give up. You're still young, you know. Thank you, my father. Hallelujah. So Mark 4, 13 in the Amplified, make, Jesus makes a, a powerful statement, you know, in verse 13, you know. Then he said unto them, Amplified, Mark 4, 13, then he said unto them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand and grasp the meaning of all parables? See, that, that's why this, it's important to teach this one first. Because if you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand all of them? Because the whole Bible is written in parables. See? And once you understand this one, then it's going to open a door for you to understand everything else. In the Moffat's uh, translation, you know, it says other parables. What a powerful statement that Jesus tells us. That a person who is able to understand this parable will be able to understand all parables. So what parable is he talking about? The sower went out to sow. Some seed fell by the wayside. Some field fell. In good. That's the parable he's talking about. See? So, so we, we, we hurry up our brain and try to figure it out on ourselves. But it's not going to be what you figure out. So he's not talking about seed. He's not talking about planting things. He's talking about everything in the kingdom of heaven. It takes a sower. Everything. So listen very closely to this information. You have to have repented and become a citizen. Then you will understand all parables. That's what, what will make you understand. You have to repent. A lot of people sit in church and they have not repented. And, and, and like Gabriel said, it took four years. Well, sometimes it takes three or four years to repent. See? You still hold on to everything in there until, until you repent and turn around, make an about face, and be forgiven. 
Some people come to the altar and say the words, but they didn't repent and they didn't make an about face. Because the minute they go out and somebody criticizes him, they go right back to the world. And somebody like them, maybe they were in drugs or alcohol, or whatever, and they say, come on, man, that's that. You just went to church, you went, and okay, give it to me. See? And then they, there's a go again because they're, they, they get embarrassed or they, get, they, don't want, they don't like to be criticized. See? And so then, so, so then they have to come back again and come back again. And finally, one day they make the real decision that they make a real about face and a real forgiven and they repent. Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've done. Forgive me from your heart. I want to make an about face and I'm going to start serving you. He knows when you're telling the truth. That's when the seed takes hold, okay? You have to repent, become a citizen. Jesus gave his disciples this key to this, to this truth. He's telling them that all truth is parallel. So write that down. All truth is parallel. Everybody knows what parallel is, right? Okay? Whatever is true in the natural realm will also be true in the spiritual realm. Whatever is true in the natural realm, not a, not a false statement or a lie, is also true in the spiritual world. All right? So always look for basic truth in the natural illustration. Because he's in this illustration, he's saying a farmer. A farmer went out to sow. That's the truth. That's a, that's a natural truth. Farmers do so. And, 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 and then you will find the same truth in the spiritual counterpart. So remember this. Parables are nothing more than... Uh, nothing more than... A, a parables are nothing more than... 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 than uh, parallels. Say parallels. So parables are nothing more than parallels, which means uh, comparable or like or meshing alike, resembling similar. Such like, okay, now having this understanding, we can move on to verse 14 of Mark chapter 4. Remember, we are still in, we're still, uh, you know, teaching in Mark chapter 4. We're still building a foundation, say foundation. The building doesn't come overnight, but I'm still building a foundation. So carefully notice that when Jesus restates the parable, the seed that he's describing in verse 14 is very different from the seed that he used in verse 3. In verse 3, he used the seed fell by good ground and hard ground and weeds, right? Jesus has replaced that agricultural seed with the word, all right? Now it's a parallel. The seed is now the word. Who's getting it? The word of God is obviously not an agricultural seed, right? All right. They're different. So let's study the difference between the two parables. In the spiritual application, the sower doesn't plant the word into a field. He sows it into the hearts of men. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. However, everybody say however. Jesus says the results of preaching the word of God are parallel to the results of planting agricultural seeds. That's what he's talking about. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited just understanding this. And excitement is in your belly. The excitement is not in your head. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's a parable. So are you ready? Mark 4, 14 in the King James, Jesus said, The sower sows the word. The living Bible, it says the farmer I talked about is, is anyone who brings God's message to others, trying to plant good seed within their lives. Do you bring God's message to others? Hmm? Well, then if you do, then you're farmer, Gabriel. So they can call you Farmer Gabriel. Ram brought the good news. There's a farmer Ram. So he said, hi, I'm a farmer. I've, I sow good seed. Farmer. I'm Farmer Jesse. How you doing? 
Mark 4.15 in the Amplified. This in the first group are the ones along this road where the word is sown, but they hear. And Satan, everybody say Satan, immediately comes and takes it away. The word which had been sown into them. Are you getting it? Jesus said Satan. The world hates that word. When you go and tell somebody Satan, oh, don't say that. They don't even want to hear it. Don't say that. You know, they're, they're in fear. And, and, or they, no, that can't be it. Yeah, Satan. He said Satan. There is Satan. Tell it over and over. Satan. <laughs> he came and immediately stole the word. And some of you sitting here, that happened to you. Pastor Sandy sowed the seed immediately before you even got home. Satan sold it from you. See? That's what, that's, okay? Immediately. Are you getting it? So verse 16 in NLT says, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy or gladness. But since they didn't have deep, red, deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's word. It's the same as the, the seed that fell by rocky soil. They didn't have no dirt, so they just went away. And, and some of you sitting here experienced that already. When the time came that it came and it went away. Right? And you'll be leaving. Why did they get in? I didn't. Can you put Mark 4.17 NLT on the board? 4.17. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's word. Who does the persecuting? It's Satan, but it's your friends, your relatives. And they said, oh, today's Easter or somebody's birthday. You going back to church? You know? And then you think twice, well, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should be nice and stay here. But, but the new Christians, the ones that are in Rocky Soil, that's the worst thing in the world they could do because now the next service is going to be easy to skip. But you got to force yourself. Said, no, I, I got to go to church. Whether it's Sunday night or Wednesday night, I'm not care about his birthday. You're just going to have to celebrate your birthday some other day. You know? And that's the way I think, you know, that's the way. But, but a person that, that, that gets persecuted and gets all, you know, man, I'm going to make my family upset and, you know, that. You probably threw the party. <laughs> but so he's describing that person, okay? Hallelujah. Now, Mark 4, 18 to 20 in the Living Translation, 18 to 20. The word that fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. See? See, in the agriculture, it was clouded by weeds, right? But all too quickly, and, and you can put your name by it. You, you, which one of those were you? Uh, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. Now, see, God's not after money like, oh, they talk about money, money, money. It's just telling you that wealth is not, is a curse. I, don't, I never looked for wealth. I never looked to get rich. I just obeyed God and wealth came. But I never looked for wealth. I never went there thinking nothing. I mean, I, 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 it blows my mind now when I look back and think, wow, how did this happen? You know, I can't. I, I, I can't run out of money. Man, I don't care what bills or eating out or buying groceries or what. I mean, uh, the, sometimes you, you get a bill for $600, you know, whatever. You just write the check and pay it. And you still don't run out of money. Well, how did that happen? I never was after wealth. Never. See? Because if you go to church looking to get wealthy, you're wrong. You go to church so you can grow and learn what God it's calling in your life is, and, and what purpose? Learn the kingdom rules. Learn Jesus' rules and obey them. 
And all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worries. Worries. The Bible tells you, if you obey, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Never worry about nothing. Faith. Someone said this the other day, and I took it, and I, and I followed the direction. said, faith, if, if you really have faith in me, you, go, you rest. You go to sleep. And I got home. I went right to bed. Put covers over me. And slept till 7 in the morning. I ain't worried about nothing. You know? No. And, that, and, and, and it was good because in the morning, everything was still okay. Nobody died, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, that's it. But I, I put practice that, you know, I'm going I'm to rest, you know? And, 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 and God always... I have favor, so God always supplies everything that needs to be done. And that's how you know. Because if the one that received the message and, and was credited by worries, worries of sickness or disease or whatever, or, or maybe they can't pay their bills and desire for other things, they desire something other than so no fruit is produced. Wow. Now, what verse is that? 19 over 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represent those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. See, he's not telling you that he's going to give you 30, 60, 100. He's saying if you, if you have a good heart and, the, and you receive the word by gladness, that, 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 your, that God's word will produce a harvest in your life of 30, 60, 100, you know? Amen. I mean, I'll take 30. <laughs> what are we talking about souls? I'll take 30 souls. 60 souls is, a, is when those 30 tell somebody else, and 100 is when those tell somebody else. And then pretty soon I'm credited with 100 full returns, see? Because I'm thinking of souls, not thinking of me getting rich. 14, hallelujah. Uh, never forget this. When a sword plants the word in a weed-infested heart, double-mindedness eventually causes the word to lose its ability to bear fruit. See? Double-mindedness is a curse. Now, you figure what double-mindedness is. One day you think this, next day you think that. Stay pure. Think, that, think God's thoughts. The key to bearing fruit is understanding. That's why it's important to understand what you hear. It's important to have teachers that can break it down to you to, the, to where you can understand. And one of my, one of my uh, great uh, pat in the back or whatever you want to call it is when people say, man, you broke it down so that, man, I could really understand it. And that's what I want to do. I think somebody used to say, Jesse, uh, Pastor Jesse breaks it down like... Any, even a little kid can understand. Well, that's what I want to do because a teacher, I have to make sure you understand because that's the key. Bearing fruit is understanding and forgiveness and repentance. We need to sow in hearts having good ground. Hmm. In order that we can see harvest proportion increase. So let me explain. Our words are wasted when we try to explain God's word to hearts that are infested by weeds. You can be talking to a person that you know is full of weeds and then you're just wasting your words because they ain't going to move. You're going to have to let God take those weeds out and let God nudge them by whatever they get until they make an about face because you're not going to make them listen to you. See? We must prepare the soil by telling them the good news. That's how you, how do you prepare the soil? Tell them the good news. How, you know, tell them about Jesus and how he forgave you and how he set you free. And that's, that's nudging him towards, oh, maybe that could happen to me. So who understands tonight's teaching? When us Christians sow the word, the, the same results takes place as when a farmer sows an agricultural seed. Are you getting it? So take this down. God is the only one who can give reproductive power. He's the giver of seed power. 
God is the only one that can give you reproductive power. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let's turn to Genesis 1.11. Genesis 1.11 in the, in, in the NLT. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. Hmm. As citizens of the kingdom, armed with the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, we will never be fooled. See? Listen to this. By this world's by by this so-called this world's so-called brains. See, that's a that's a curse we have. There's some people think that there's people out there that that are professors or their brains, you know? They know everything. And they think of evolution and all that, man. Evolution did not give seed the power to reproduce. All right? Neither did the fictitious called Mother Nature. Now you hear those words out there, you know? Mother Nature. No, there is no Mother Nature. <laughs> and there is no, you know, evolution. It was God's word that said everything's going to bear seed of their own kind. When you got married with your wife, you produced seed of your kind. He even looked like you. See? See? Not just an apple tree, but a human. Everything that I create, God said, will produce seed and of its own kind. So teach your children, there ain't no mother nature. Whatever is sown shall produce after its own kind. God spoke it, and it was so. God spoke it, and it was so. God spoke it, and it was so. If somebody argues with me, I'll say God spoke it, and it was so. I ain't arguing with you. I'm just saying God spoke it, and it was so. Can you say hallelujah? <laughs> so let me read again chapter 20 in the Amplified. Mark 4. Chapter 20 in the Amplified. You can put it up there. Mark 4, chapter 20 in the Amplified. I'm jumping around because I'm trying to teach you something. The sower went out to seed, so seed. And those in the last group now, those are the ones whom seed was sown on good ground, good soil, and they hear the word of God and the good news regarding the way of salvation. And accept it, and then they bear fruit 30, 60, 100 times as much as, as was sown. See? Now you, now you understand it? Some of you sitting here came one time, heard the good news, answered the altar call, repented. You might have even got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You were good ground. And immediately you begin to teach the good news to others, and immediately you start producing seed like you, some of you 30, some 60, some 100. Do you understand? So we look forward to getting people that are going to do it for the first time, but you don't have to do it the first time. You're going to do it sooner or later, but it would be much easier if you just accept it the first time. See? And then go for it. See, Ram could have already had a hundredfold, but he's waited all these years, and then, and, and, and now he's getting it. But, you know, he could have started four years ago or whenever that was that took long and had already produced 60, 100-fold, you know? I mean, see, we just waste time by not getting in and just turning around and let's do it, you know? Pay close attention. The hidden message of the second part of Mark chapter 420, Parallel, there's a hidden message in there. God gives the power to reproduce to everything he calls seed. And with the power to reproduce also comes the potential. That's where it comes in of, of producing 30, 60, 
and even a hundredfold. Everybody, all that seed has the power to produce. You just have to open your mouth and become the sower of the seed. And it will reproduce itself. It, you don't have to reproduce. God gave the seed power to reproduce. You don't have to be going around trying to get groups and all that. No, yeah, you just keep sowing. And, and God gave the power to reproduce. You, you might sow in a, in a Billy Graham, you know. <laughs> you might sow in Oral Roberts. And he gave the power to reproduce. You get credit for 6,800 and all the fold that they did. Some of those massive, uh, you know, rallies in Africa, no, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, that one preacher, somebody put a seed in them. And that seed reproduced 100 fold. And, and they, you get, you, you started that seed. See? So you always, you never know who you're talking to. Ooh, I say glory. glory. However, there's always a however, you know. I mean, when I teach it, so however, there's always a however. That kind of harvest can only happen if you plant your seed and if you plant it in good soil. So you're looking for that good soil, always. And when you start preaching the gospel or talking about Jesus, you know the good soil because they start listening. They start getting closer and closer, you know. <laughs> They start wanting no more. Then you know, oh, yeah, you know, we, we see the ones here that start testifying. They start wanting up and say what happened last week, you know. I mean, they're ready, you know. Hmm. As we study the word, we see that God tells us that he assigns seed power to a number of things. Seed power to a number of things. Our job is to study his word and begin to get revelation knowledge on those things. What, what did he call seed power to? In, in Matthew 17, 19 to 20, if you turn to Matthew 17, verse 19 to 20 in the King James. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could we not cast him out? They're talking about a devil that they couldn't cast out. When Jesus said, you can lay hands on the sick, watch and recover, you can cast out devils. Well, they tried to cast the devil. They couldn't do it. So they said, uh, he came to apart and said, why could we not cast him out? All right, 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, there's a seed again. You shall say unto this mountain, remove. Hence to a yonder place, and it shall move. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. You have to have a seed of faith as a mustard. So, you, so it takes seed to grow faith. So, so you got to plant the seed of faith in your heart and then let it grow by hearing and hearing the word of God until that seed grows the mustard seed supposedly very huge. And there's nothing's going to be impossible to you. But you need that seed in your heart. When the disciples heard, they were off to themselves. They asked, why can we cast them out? And he said, because, because you're not taking God seriously. See, that's the people that hear, but then you're not taking God seriously. That's the other verse. But if you have a mere kernel of faith, a mere kernel, a poppy seed, that you would tell this mountain, if you just have a mere kernel, a poppy seed, move, and it shall move. He gave power to seeds, seed power, any power. Faith is, is a seed. A kernel of faith. Grab a hold of a kernel of faith. You don't have to be like, you know, I mean, the big man with the big faith. No, just if you had a kernel of faith then, 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 and believe God, then, then you can start exercising that faith by calling things into being. A tree started as a seed. Your faith starts as a seed and has the power to grow big. See, manifesting abundance is not just money. This is the kingdom doctrine. This is Jesus' doctrine. Started as a seed and has the power to grow big. Wow. 
big enough to move a mountain? I think I'm going to have to go to part three. How many want to hear part three? See where I'm going? I'm not going where you thought I was. Oh, he's going to talk about finances and sowing seed and giving. No. I'm talking about the doctrine of Jesus Christ, which covers a lot more. But I'm going to close by this. How many enjoying so far? I'm going to close by this. Pastor Rodney told us a story. Everybody know Pastor Rodney, right? All right. He likes history. So, so he was reading Marco Polo writings. Mar- Marco Polo back in 2025, I mean 1225 in Venus, Italy. And Marco Polo's father and uncle were explorers. And they traveled to China. In 19 years of traveling, his father left when Marco Polo was born. How many heard Marco Polo? No? Nobody heard Marco Polo? Have y'all went to school? <laughs> they teach about Marco Polo in, in history. You know? <laughs> and it's not no pool table like, you know, Marco Polo, you know, or, or racing or, or horse thing. No, Marco Polo was a man, you know. It's a famous uh, man from, from then. All right, anyway, so just research. Look up Marco Polo. It was in 1225. So Marco traveled for 29 years, tracking his father's travels. They asked him uh, of one of his greatest stories. Okay? When you ask a man like that, a traveler, one of your greatest stories all over this country, there's going to be something that will feed your faith. He traveled to Iraq, the city of Baghdad. Those were, there were wealthy Christians there at that time. But Muhammad and Muslim controlled that area. They would question Christians. They would test Christians. They would say, well, if you can do this, then do it in front of us. If not, we're going to take, you want to take everything you have. Sometimes if you fail, we'll take everything you have. Sometimes they kill them. There were about 10,000 Christians in in Iraq. Uh, But they were divided. But when they were tagged, they would join together. But their faith was always challenged by the Muslims, you know, because they want to know, you're talking all this trash, you know, they talk all the Christians, now prove it, you know. See? So they told him, your Bible says that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So in 10 days, if this mountain doesn't move, you will all die. That's what they told him, you know. So they began to pray fervently, wouldn't you? <laughs> but they heard of the one-eyed shoemaker. How many heard of the one-eyed shoemaker? The one-eyed shoemaker had favor with God. They sent for him. Now, the question is, why did he have one eye? Because he was so devout to God that the Bible says, if you look at a woman with lust, you should plug your eye out. And he plugged his eye out because he looked at a woman with, with lust. So he plugged his eye out. That's how, that's, that's how he believed, you know. And so he prayed all the time. And, oh, man, can you imagine plugging your eye out, taking literally what God said, you know? How many of you guys would already have eyes plugged out? Let <laughs> me say there's some honest people here. Raise your hand. Over there, they're so quiet. You know. <laughs> so they sent for the one-eyed shoemaker. Hmm. They asked him to please come. He said, no, I'm not worthy, he said. But the bishop said, yes, you are. On the, on the 10th day, the one-eyed shoemaker went with him. He knelt and said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Give us the divine grace and move this mountain. Then he got up and said, mountain, move. And there was an earthquake, and the mountain fell apart. That's a true story, man. You know, that's, that's been in the writings of Marco Polo years ago. Pastor Rodney told us this, so, you know, I, I don't doubt the man of God, right? A preacher called, well, I was going to, I wrote this, a preacher called Pastor Rodney <laughs> said, 
a preacher called Pastor Rodney and, uh, and said, I found a place here in Iraq, and they still celebrate the day the mountain moved. Anyway. However, the sad news is that there are no more Christians in Iraq in that part. You know, They killed them all. But the fact remains that the mountain moved. Just like Jesus said, all things are possible to those that believe. But if you believe to the point that you plug your eye out, then you believe. A lot of men here are like kind of quiet, you know. Some are looking down. You know? Faith to move mountains resides in you. Faith to move mountains resides in you. Say, faith to move mountains resides in me. All I have to do is keep feeding it and keep watering it and it keep growing. Woo! Man, next week we're going to have part three. But, but, but give, me, give me time. We're going somewhere with this. Don't, 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 don't shut me down yet, you know. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this teaching, you know. And it ain't where you thought I was going. So, the, so now forget that money thing in your head, you know. It's not about taking a tithe and offering, you know. That comes later. Now, this, is, this is some real food that Jesus said. Everybody should know this. So I said, put it in the shelf if you don't quite understand it. And it'll come to you. Hallelujah. Am I on the right track with the right people? And did y'all receive anything tonight? Anybody here need to repent and be baptized and raise your hand? You need you need to say, Yeah, I gotta come, I gotta come clean with God tonight. I mean, I, I'm I need to get born again. Anybody here needs to be born again? Okay. Uh I, I, I move this puppet and just come up to the front. And do we have the worship team? Uh because not only born again, but if you want to get full of God, full of the Holy Ghost, have a touch from heaven or, or even a healing or a miracle that you came because you, you, you have some kind of thing that's bothering you, you know? Well, we could cast that out right tonight. Your faith will make it go. And, and you know what? Your faith grows by exercising faith. means by walking up here. That means you're saying, telling God, I'm ready. And you walk up here. Now, don't leave home the same as you came. So as we, as we just start worshiping, just make your way up here. Father, I thank you that the people that are here, Father God, that have not made a complete, full of God decision to make an about face will come tonight and make an about face and start serving you. 